0: Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the lymphedema channel, where we shine the spotlight on inspiring people who are managing their lymphedema effectively and not just their lymphedema, their lives. You'll be inspired by my guest today. Ayana Seely, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It is a pleasure. And I think what's exciting about your story is that you have found new life. Managing this condition because you've connected with people who look and sound and are the same age as you. Can we go back to that point for a moment?
1: Sure. Um, yeah. No. It's um, it's been incredible, an incredible journey. I, I, I was diagnosed 25 years ago, so I've been living with this for a while and just used became used to being that oddball, that anomaly. That oh my gosh, your feet are swollen. Yeah. And you sort of brush it off and but you know um not really having anyone who can really relate to what you're going through you know um can be hard sometimes so you know I've been going along and everything's been okay but there's just something to be said when you find people who've had shared experiences similar experiences who can relate to you who can, who felt some of the pain you felt, who felt the joy you felt, who felt the challenge, the the challenges and some of the shame, all of the stuff that you can't necessarily, you know, your family's alongside you, but they're not feeling exactly what you're feeling. And so it was, it's been a really, really beautiful thing and, and a real blessing.
0: Well, I have to thank my friend, Cam Ayella for introducing yeah. me to you. Oh, thank and you. so you said 25 years ago, you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. What triggered can, the, the way it looked for them yeah. to finally diagnose you? What
1: happened? How old were you? Get, paint the picture for us. Yeah, so I was, so I first saw a sign of it when I was 14 and, um, you know, I'm I'm a dancer, so I've been dancing my, basically my whole life, and I'd been in my school, you know, performing arts high school, and saw a little glimpse of, like, a little pitting, and thought, oh, that's weird, and maybe showed it to my parents, and then it sort of went away, and we just thought it was a function of my dancing, like, maybe I hurt myself, or, and then nothing really happened until I was 19, and I was in New York City, dancing, um, and you know, in in school, dance school at the Alvin Ailey Dance um, Theater School, um, and I I noticed that there was some swelling it would come and it would go, it would come and go, and then one day I got home and there was the imprint of my laces in my on the top of my foot, and that's when I realized. Oh my gosh, something is wrong. And I bawled and I just, it was just such a, cause my, I'm from Toronto, so I wasn't with my family and really tough moment. Um, so I, when I got back home that Christmas, I went, I saw a vascular surgeon and he just very quickly went and very like offhanded, <laughs> in a very offhanded manner went, oh yeah, you have lymphedema. I'm like, oh. Okay, but like not, you know, where we are right now, all of the innovation that I'm seeing right now, that wasn't really as a parent. And so, um, you know, you're sort of lost with left feeling like, okay, what do I do though? Like, what, how do I manage this? What happens now? What happens to my feet? Can I dance? Can I, you know? So I was told, you got to go and get these stockings. I went back to New York and I got, fitted there for the first time and got my new stockings and, you know, all of it's emotional. I remember going and one of my best friends being with me um, and sort of holding my hand through it and crying through it because it's all like, you just don't know exactly what the ramifications are, the implications of having this condition. Um, what I soon found out was that it would affect my dancing in terms of, you um, dancing in bare feet. So okay. when you you know so when I dance in bare feet or when we as lymphedema you know our susceptibility to infection right increases and so I didn't know that and so you we were I'm doing modern dance the most amazing modern techniques and all of a sudden I wake up and I've got spots on my leg. And um you know, not knowing what that is and then going to a clinic and then I'm going, oh, you need to go on antibiotics. And so, you know, realizing after, and I've had, mm, I want to say like maybe like eight bouts of cellulitis, oh. um, the, the most, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm less. so sorry because I know from what I've heard
0: from so many people, how distressing and painful
1: it's distressing. The, the, the ones that I had in New York and most of them have just been like itchy, itchy skin, Um, nothing too dramatic, but it's definitely still distressing. Mm -hmm. The worst one that I had was in 2011 when I was, um, I had not done a dance show. I had gone back to school. I wasn't dancing regularly. And I was given the opportunity to um, do a dance show for the first time in years. And I jumped at the opportunity. I was so excited. And then ironically, there was an Alvin Ailey, which is a school that I went to in New York, an Alvin Ailey section in this dance um, show. And so I was so like, oh my God, back to basics. Let's do this. In bare feet, forgetting, woke up one day and it starts with me, I feel febrile. Like I feel like feverish and like that sense. And then when I realize that I'm not, that the fever is not persisting, I instant, I'm like, it's not, it's my foot. It's because I've got an infection in my body somewhere. And so I uh, drove back to wherever it was that we were performing. And that next morning I woke up and I remember just being like, oh, my foot's itchy. And when I bent down to itch it, it was bumpy. And then as soon as I felt it, I go, oh my God. And then I looked in the mirror. It was red, hot, and hard. And would you believe that I went, still went in, did half a show, half a show. We had two shows that day. I managed to do half. And I said, I tore off my, my shoe after this, the first half, um, at the intermission, and I just said, I can't, I can't go any further, I can't do any more, and they had to, like, whisk me off to a doctor, then whisk me to emergency, we were two hours away from Toronto, my mom then was driven two hours, they picked me up, we went straight to emerge in Toronto, um, and they put me on IV meds, in fact, they did it before, but the the hospital in Toronto just continued like an aggressive course of um, antibiotics with an IV bag for the week for seven days and it was dispensed um, every 12 hours so you just hear this like whirring, and then the thing and I just had to lay on the on the couch for seven days and that was very distressing because they were looking at it in such a way that I could see the doctor's faces you know sort of Oh, and like draw a lot, li- they drew a line just under my knee, just to make sure that it wasn't creeping up and, you know, indicative of like a necrotizing fasciitis or whatever. So, um, th- yeah, that was, that was scary. So I
0: feel that moment mm-hmm. as you're telling it. And I can only imagine the physical distress and wondering what's happening with your body but then the emotional distress of having to walk away yeah and it, or be driven away in an ambulance from your dream
1: yeah 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 my actually my mom um dro- my mom and sister drove but yeah it was quite um it was quite stressful and 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 the other part too was that i was doing a dance show and dance is about the aesthetic, right, and how it looks, and so because none of these people, well, I don't know what their life experiences had been, but thus far, they seemed quite um, unfamiliar with what, with my condition, so the looks on people, like the startled looks on people's faces when they saw my foot as I sat there with it, you know, elevated, you know, that's all very, it's, it's hard, you know, you're, you sort of, you're learning to stomach it and just like downplay it. And it's not that bad. No, it's fine. And, you know, even yeah. if you, yeah. even if you don't have an infection, people look at your feet and, or look at your, whatever part of your body, mm-hmm. because it's just not, um, it's not as familiar, right. It's not as it's, it's more common than many conditions but it's not as familiar, and I'm learning that, and I'm just like, there has to be, like, we have, we have to, it's like shouting it off a rooftop, like, lymphedema, we exist, we're here, and this is what it looks like, and if you see someone with it, you know, it's not to, like, be, (laughs) like, have this reaction, which can make a person feel pretty, you know, self-conscious, and these kinds of things, so that's what I feel really passionate about you know is um shining a light on this condition and on the people who live with it and you know manage it and you know and they are so beautiful just you know mm. as a result because of their experiences because of this challenge there's such you've got to tap into a place of empathy I feel um that if you haven't been through this you may not have tapped into that that place of empathy as yet it doesn't mean that you can't or you are not capable but there's something that happens when you go through something that's challenging and you've got to learn to live with it you know and deal with it and function and normal be, be normal in in this world you know so that's yeah. encouraging to a lot of people watching right now
0: maybe they see you and think well I could never be like her mm-hmm. but it was You clawed your way to where you are today, step-by-step choosing to not just try to ignore your lymphedema, but saying, okay, it's, it's part of my life and I have to manage it. I have to ask Mm -hmm. at that point in 2011, how were you managing your lymphedema? Was it just
1: compression garments? So, so, and that's the other thing for 25 years, all that I did was compression garments, Um, elevation, elevation at night, three to four pillows I sleep on, sleep with my feet elevated on every single night. And this is years, years and years of doing this. I've now come to discover all of this beautiful innovation. Um, I would have these thoughts of like, how can you, you know, do, you know, heart replacement surgery and these other things? What has no one thought of doing something like this for the lymphatic system come to find out yes there's you know so there's um there's just been a lot of innovation that I just have missed because I haven't talked to anyone or even even thought to investigate it because I'm like well I'm okay I'm doing okay here it's you know my my condition because I was so active um and the cam actually said this as well. And I know that when I exercise, it helps. Um, and I was so, that was my, that was what I was doing for 11 years. Um, my, con- my condition was pretty manageable. Um, I did the lion. I performed in the Lion King five years after I was diagnosed for two years and at the Stratford festival. And I did lots of film and TV. So I have, when you say Claude your way, yes, I have clawed my way and I've insisted outwardly and to the universe that I must dance. And in fact, it's not even I insisted. It's like I was chosen to dance despite the condition that I was given in this life, right? And so in those moments, I danced in shows where I didn't have to be in bare feet. Um, I don't think that I had any Uh, episodes when I was in the Lion King or Stratford. Nope. So I, you know, my feet, when I was seven years old, a car drove over my foot. I've got a scar on my right foot, you know, so my feet have a story and my feet, my story is that you were given certain things in this life, were handed certain, you know, um, what's the word, situations, experiences And it's what we do with them. You know, it's how we maneuver and navigate in such a way that, um, you know, we don't let it stop us. I remember seeing this woman on the street because I was battling with showing my feet, not showing my feet, always wearing long dresses and skirts, which look really nice, but it really was functional. And I really was hiding. And I saw this woman on the street and she had a short skirt on. I remember like a black skirt with a red top and as I looked more closely one of her entire her entire leg was with prosthetic and she was maybe she got up that morning and decided that she was go- not going to let it hold her back maybe she had been you know hiding as well Maybe that was her day. Maybe that was the day and I was meant to see her. Maybe she's been doing it for 10 years. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is it struck me that she doesn't have a leg and she is releasing the fear and the shame and walking with pride and courage, at least courage, at least courage. And I thought, you have a leg. You've got two legs and therefore you can be as courageous as that young lady. And so I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it. And the more that I, the more that I, um, meet, you know, fellow limpy, limpies, I mean, it's just so inspiring. Before we started recording, you told me how you and Cam met. So
0: I think our viewers want to hear this because, hey, someone's watching right now that just found us. Yes. And they yes. just heard your story. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, she can own it. I can too. And I'm not going to hide anymore. Yep. So this power of connection. I yes. love it. Tell yes. me how you encountered Camayela.
1: Yes. So I, my husband and my guilty pleasure is watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> um, we don't watch every single season, but we were definitely have been into it, you know, on lockdown and it's been our guilty pleasure. It's gotten us through many a tough week um, and I, you know, I always go a little deeper and I do all my research on, you know, the contestants and where are they from and who's doing this recap and what opinion. And so I was, I fell in love with this sister duo, um, Wit and Rye, and they do these really funny, so funny recaps. And so I just was sort of binge watching them as I did some work and it was on in the, in the background. And I heard, um, you know, it was on bachelor in paradise and they said, Oh, cam cam's wearing a t-shirt and it says, um, I've got lymphedema, Google it. And it hurt. I just, what,
0: you know, I can just imagine you working at your desk and hearing that and going, what? Yeah. Did they
1: just say lymphedema? Absolutely. I just literally went, what, what is, (laughs) what is happening? So I, you know, I Googled him and then I, um, I, then I found him on Instagram and then I followed him and then he followed me the next day. And then I reached out to him because that's also, you know, I'm in, you know, the business that I'm in as well. I, you know, I reach out to people and stuff, but this was just like, Hey, I, I don't know, maybe he'll respond, maybe he won't, but what's the harm? Let me try. Let me just tell him, hey, I don't know. Like, literally the universe like went, hey, here, look, this guy. <laughs> and so I just reached out. I messaged him. He messaged me back and we got on a call. And from there, he's been just being very generous and gracious and introducing me to people and giving me information And we did an Instagram live last Monday and, you know, people have been messaging me and like really thankful those with lymphedema and those without and saying, I, I didn't know one, I didn't know you were going through this two I don't even know about this condition and I'm learning so much. And so I just think it's, you know, even on like, it goes as far for me in my thinking about like policy and like affecting change in that way because there isn't insurance that covers you know everything that you need all the tools in your toolbox and it's just like what you know my my stockings are covered sort of but I'm not getting I'm getting the generic brand I'm not getting the super duper like go get measured, order it from wherever. I'm not getting those. So I'm not, I haven't even been living, even though they're not cheap. I haven't been in that space of like, oh my God, how am I going to cover Mm -hmm. these stockings that I need for the rest of my life? Right. So that's been sort of coming to the fore and I'm like, what, what, no, this can't be, we have to do something about this. That's, you know, so Anyway, that's how I met Cam and that's how I was introduced to the community and from the, it's just a ripple effect. You know, the more that you show up, the more that you do, the more that, you know, people discover you, you discover people. And it's just been this really wonderful um, and humbling experience, you know, to just meet more and more people and learn about their stories and learn about the perseverance and the resilience and the strength and the courage and you know seeing i i barely unless my feet are covered i don't wear or you know there's some shift that i've got to make so that it's not too obvious that my feet are swollen or whatever the case is and i see people out there legs wrapped short skirts short and i'm like okay yes i can do this right you know it's just inspiring it's inspiring and it's and it's only in the way that you can um, experience with someone who's gone through what you've been through.
0: Mm, And knowing that you are understood. And so you not just went from hiding to no longer hiding, but now you have this real desire to be an advocate for the lymphedema community and to shine a spotlight on this. Talk Mm -hmm. about turning your lemons into lemonade. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really, 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 feels strongly about that um and I think you know Cam asked in our first um call like what do you see and I said you know what I didn't really have an idea of what what we were going to talk about I just was like I need to talk to him and I sort of move in that way with my intuition my gut I move that way in in life and so I said you know Cam I I'm a speaker I you know I'm a coach I so i'm coming from this angle as well as being someone who lives with it and so whatever i can do to lend a voice to it lend a face to it um you know i think would be helpful beneficial um yeah i I, that's that's just i really i really believe that if you're given a voice you should use your voice it's just where, where should you use your voice? Where are you called to use your voice? Everyone's calling and purpose is different. So this, I feel, and I'll tell you this, a month, maybe a month before I discovered Cam, I said to my husband and I said to my, one of my best friends, I said, cause she had been showing up very um, vulnerably and authentically on Instagram about some um health challenges that she was having. And every time I watched her, it, it's just like, wow, like I know the ins and outs of what you're going through, but you're actually sharing some painful parts of your life with your audience. And I I said to her, that's so inspiring. And I feel like I need to do that with my lymphedema. I feel as though as authentically as I think that I show up, If I'm not sharing a part of me that's so integral and has been such, has impacted my life so much that I'm not being fully authentic and not in a dishonest way, but just, I'm sort of just by omission, right? Not being as authentic as I'd like to be and as I'd like to live. And so I said it to her and I said it to my husband and I kid you not maybe a month maybe less cam cam showed up and so maybe a week week and a half after cam and i spoke i think it was a week i did my coming out story on instagram and then cam uh was trying to hop on didn't work out and so the next monday he and i went live so there are two separate videos that i've done um, that I, I think I've put it in a series, like starting my lymphedema series so people can go straight to that, to look at that. Um, but just to be like, okay, so here's here's me and here's, I say it, I've said it. Like I've, I have lymphedema. Da, da, da. I've never gone into detail. I've never explained how that came to be. I've never explained what it looks like, what it is. People read that and just go, oh, like, it's easy to wash over it if you're not sort of like really shining a light and fo- honing in on it. So yeah, I think there by it is.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean That's to step right. on your words, okay. but I'm struck by this power of your intuition
1: mm-hmm. and
0: being in tune with your spirit, yeah, which is guiding you. Mm-hmm. Like you prayed that prayer. I say, anytime you're talking, oh, yeah. you're praying a prayer.
1: Absolutely. And it
0: was like, you know, I think I need to be vulnerable. And then boom, the universe opened up the floodgates. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've only scratched the f- surface of what your influence is going to be. And the many people that you are going to encourage, I honor the way you have honored that inner voice
1: Thank you. and it will never fail you. Yeah. Mila. Oh, for sure. It never has failed me. It has never. It's just up to us. It's available to all of us and it's up to us to listen, you know, and where we falter is when we sort of go, Oh, I don't, I'm not Pay no attention to that behind the
0: door. Let me just shove those feelings in a closet. And yet your feelings are your emotional guidance system leading you into your purpose and your true calling. We often hear from lymphedema people that I interview, listen to your body, you know, Mm -hmm. don't push it beyond what your body knows is good and right for you. And then this other component of listening to your inner voice is critically important. Absolutely. I got to ask about the dancing. Yeah. So now what? I, I mean, when you talked about 2011 at that critical juncture, and then mm-hmm. you went on to the Lion King, I mean, you've managed your lymphedema, you've had a successful life. Mm-hmm. What role is dance in your life today?
1: Well, um, so one thing about me is that I've always had this, um, like, tugging with my artistic side and my academic side. And from a young age, I always knew, again, my intuition. I remember people, um, what do you call it? Applying to universities in high school and thinking, God, I I just don't know what I would do in university. I kind of just want to dance. And then being fully immersed in dance and missing academia and being in academia and missing dance. And so I knew from a young age that those two had to find a way to work together. And that's where performance psychology was birthed. Well, not birthed. I didn't birth it, but (laughs) where it was birthed in my mind. And um, wait, now there are people out there saying quizzically, what's performance psychology? Yeah. So it's the, it's the, well, the psychology of performance. So what goes on in your mental um, capacity, in your mental state, as you're preparing to perform? So, you know, pre performance anxiety, you know, nerves, um, preparation, concentration, motivation, all of those things re- fall into performance psychology. And so I bring my experience as an elite performer into this world, you know, and it, from a, an experiential place. Especially when I work with artists, you know, that's definitely my, the, the place where I, 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 it's home in a
0: sense, right? You, just like you found a lymphedema community that spoke your language
1: and understood your condition, you uniquely understand theirs. Yes, exactly. And I work with athletes and I work with executives as well. Because it's the same sort of modality, right? It's the same, um... The way that I realized that it was the same modality was when I went back to school in 2008 um, to finish the bachelor that I had started, bachelor degree that I had started many years prior. Not the bachelor TV show. Not the bachelor. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Wait a minute. Was she on the bachelor? (laughs) No, not the bachelor. My bachelor's degree. And I couldn't study for, gosh, I, I wasn't retaining anything because I hadn't been studying for 11 years, right? I wasn't using my brain in that way. And so when I sat down to study, I was like going out of my mind in the quiet. And so I put the TV on, tried friends, too much noise, like too distracting, kept going to different programs, finally landed on a Toronto Blue Jays game. This is our baseball team. And I was like, oh, there's enough lull periods and ambient noise. This is good. I'm going to leave that on just to have in the background. And it helped me to get back into studying. Well, as that happened, I started to pay attention to the stats and what I was hearing about the players. And I got so into it. I was like, why can he, why is he not batting or pitching today? Well, when he did last week, nothing's wrong. He's not injured must be something in his mental state, his mind. Right. And then I realized, oh, that's very similar to me as a dancer. Mm. And that's how I sort of went, oh, I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Bringing my dance. Once
0: again, you just following your intuition. Who knows if you had stayed on Friends, it might've. I know where, where would I Where would you be? What would it be? (laughs) But yet it led you to where you are. Someone told me a story and if you won't mind indulging me for a moment, because it really helped me through a really hard time in my life where I felt like I was drowning. And when I was a little girl, I almost did drown because I was trying to do a tumble salt in the water. Mm -hmm. And I lost my direction of what was up and what was down. And then I kept trying to reach the top and I kept hitting the bottom and I was drowning. And, we can all feel like that at times. Yeah. Fortunately, my dad came and plucked me out of the water. Yeah. But someone very insightful said to me, you know, if you had just let go and stopped fighting, your natural buoyancy would have brought you to the surface. Right. And I feel like that's a story for someone out there. You know, you did not fight. Yes. You advocated for yourself, but you, you you let go and you let God, the universe, source, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. guide you. Mm-hmm. And here you are in this sweet spot where your artistry and academia yeah. is married. I, I honor you for that. And I love that Thank story. You. And I'm so glad you found the light. Yeah. And your natural buoyancy, boy, is that taking you places? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, I try to, I'd say I just pay attention to, okay, what's happening? You know, it doesn't mean sometimes we think we're supposed to head in a particular direction. And Mm -hmm. yes, that might be the end goal, the end um, destination. But you think that you're supposed to just go like this, and you're actually needing some lessons over here before you Mm -hmm. get here. And so if you keep fighting down this road, it's never going to work, right? So you've got to stop. What's going on? Like when I decided to go back to school, it was because for about a year and a half, I just stopped booking gigs. Like I was booking, you know, Lion King and different things that I had gone up for. And then it just stopped. Like I could have done six callbacks and not booked the gig. And it happened a few times, and I thought, okay, what's going on? This is weird. Like, this is not, you know, maybe I should go back to school and finish my degree. And in that time, I kept getting signs Mm -hmm. that I would or should go back. Or if I booked a gig, for instance, and I was waiting to hear if I had gotten it, say if it was, I was, I live in Toronto, but it was in Vancouver, I would meet every single person would have some connection to Vancouver that would just signal to me, right, mm-hmm. I'm going in the right direction. And to really honor that, honor the the universe showing up for you to guide you, but you've got to stop. You've got to be still for a moment. You've got to listen. You've got to meditate and really dial into your inner being. Otherwise you just miss it. And if we put our own agenda, you know, ahead of, what's actually meant for us which is not always what we would choose then we run into trouble you know and I wouldn't have chosen to go back to school I was it was a very tough decision to go back to school because I had not been in school for 11 years and when I had been in school I I had failed because I wasn't wanting to be in school I needed to be on stage right it's like I tried things that weren't working and it always brings you back to where you need to be but in that moment, I was like, oh, God, I don't know. I don't want to. You have to. I'm just hearing you, you got to do it. You have to do it. And I was in my 30s, and my friends were having babies and buying homes and getting married, and I was going back to school with 18-year-olds. And it was, a, it was a challenging time, but it just was something that I knew I was being guided to do, and it wasn't easy.
0: Ayana, this interview is about far more than lymphedema. Mm -hmm. I really thank you for sharing your insights and wisdom. Perhaps there's someone watching today that's fighting the path that is before them. And there is beauty in letting go. And Mm -hmm. I I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. And I, I just want to give you the floor for a last bit of encouragement to
1: our audience. I would say just from this conversation, um, learn to tap into your inner wisdom, learn to tap into your inner light, trust that the universe has your back and that you will be guided in the way that you need to be. Um, Stop, pause, listen, and, um, you know, just be just just be guided. you know allow yourself to be guided. Um, your path is laid out for you. If you listen to your inner wisdom, you won't be steered wrong. Um, and don't fight. don't fight against where you're being carried. It's like um, going up fighting upstream versus going down flowing downstream. And that's, that's from, um, Abraham Hicks. That's online. Abraham Hicks. I was just yeah. about to say
0: that we were talking the same language and I knew yeah. the whole time that you listened to Abraham Hicks. Yeah. If anybody's watching and any of this is resonating with you, there are a boatload of YouTube videos yes. that you can listen to, to inspire you and yes. going downstream is so much easier than fighting to go yes. upstream awesome. and it will take you to your
1: desired end. Yes. yes where you're meant to be, not where you want to be per per se, right? Those two can align, but sometimes they don't. And when we fight against where we're meant to be, because we're so adamant about where we want to be, this is where we we get into turmoil and strife and pain, you know? And I just believe more and more that life is meant to be lived wonderfully and beautifully, you know? You're a wonderful example of that. Oh,
0: thank I you. thank you for your time today. And let's keep the conversation going. I have a feeling this is not our no. last time that we are going to chat here. And we look forward to cheering you on as you, you in alignment with everything that the universe has for you. You're going to, you So oh, I'm just excited for you. I'm and ec- I'm, a, I'm excited for <laughs> all of you who joined in today. Boy, you didn't know what you were getting when you signed up for this interview thank you for tuning in to the lymphedema channel and if you know someone who has an inspiring story that would uplift the community please reach out to me bviola at medsoulsupplier.com i would be honored to share their story just as i was so honored to share yours today
1: thank you so much
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of our Lymphedema one-on-one interview series. You can watch the video on TLC, the Lymphedema channel on YouTube, or on Instagram, IGTV, at lympha underscore press. For information on the most advanced pneumatic compression therapy in the world, visit lymphapress.com.